man. So no more ugly sweater next Friday. The Titan oh. Cinderella season came up, pumpkins. I can finally wash it at least. You know, it was it was sad. You know, we were up 17 to 7. And uh, next thing I know, I we didn't possess the ball for like an hour and a half. And then like a true jerk, I, I texted you when they're up and I'm like, hey, the good news is. The AFC South has led the Chiefs, what was it, like 31 or something? At, uh, oh, right, at the beginning. In the first quarter, but then they got outscored like 87 to 10. Hey, you know, hey, fair, it's it's not completely all good, but the best team, I think, did win. So, it's going to be a good Super Bowl, yeah. 49ers It's going to be a great Super Bowl, and the Can't 49ers are my historic favorite team, so it's going to be fun to watch them. Right now, betting odds, slight one Point mm. favorite to the Chiefs. Well, why? Be, I mean, really, a pick 'em. That's uh, close. That means yeah. that, that, and that's set by the lines. You know, just like how like market rates are set. Maybe Whoa. enough fuel or rack prices. It's set by where the Bring money's going. Bring it all back to the supply chain. Where I the see. money's going. Speaking of Cinderella, I'm going to Disney World. My my mother in law. <laughs> she got like I think there's like a tribe of twelve of us going to Disney. Whoa. And I haven't been since I was five, and it's stressful. It's stressful even setting oh. it up. Like you have to, oh. you have the magic bands. You got to get oh. the fast pass on there. I'm not good for it. My wife has written me off. She says I'll just take the kids from oh. now on, and you're have off the. You, you've been <laughs> before. I, just, I can't take those lines, man. One thing that I think we needed to get was a fast pass. Yeah, I just, I was so, I just couldn't take it. Supposedly, I, I try to- so hard too, but it's like I think my wife senses that I'm trembling underneath when I'm waiting in those like lines for an hour and a half for a three-minute ride. You know what you are going to need a fast pass for? We don't have them. It'll be standing room only, but Freight Waves Live Atlanta, because speaking of sports, right? Uh Uh-huh. Speaking of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Over the weekend, we announced our (laughs) keynote for Freight Waves Live Atlanta's Erin Andrews. Erin Andrews. I remember her when she was like a 21-year-old beat reporter for the Atlanta Braves. Wow. So young, <laughs> and uh, boy, she's come a long way. She has come a long way. You know who else has come a long way? DHL Supply Chain. Whoa! This episode is brought to you by DHL Supply Chain, the world's leading logistics company. DHL Supply Chain's team of experts simplify the complex and work with you to find solutions to your biggest transportation challenges. Learn how DHL can help your business at, tell them, Chad. At logistics.dhl.com. Boom. Oh, this is not a good story. Bad Sometimes news. we lead off with bad ones. And, you know, it is Martin Luther King Day. So let's celebrate that a little King bit. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But it means uh, it's, it's making for a slightly slower news day. But this one is tragic, right? Fatal, fatal shooting at family-owned trucking company in San Antonio. A 56-year-old man allegedly shot and killed his 47-year-old brother at a family-owned trucking company in San Antonio before turning the gun on himself, according to police. Yikes. Jamie T. Martinez was allegedly fatally shot by Baldemir M. Temez on Tuesday, according to the San Antonio Police Department. Jennifer Rodriguez, a spokesperson, spokeswoman for the San Antonio uh, Police Department, said police responded to reports of a shooting at around 11.10 a.m. Tuesday, which is not a typical time for such a thing. At JTM Transportation on San Antonio's far east side, officers arrived to find Martinez with multiple gunshot wounds. He was taken to a local hospital where he later died. He was allegedly shot by Tamez, and the JTM Transportation website lists Martinez as president of the company. After the shooting, police say Tamez drove away from the scene to the parking lot of of a store several miles away. Police said they found Tamez inside the vehicle with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He was pronounced dead right there on the scene. Some things you just have to shake your head. 
Yeah. Um, Could have yeah. gone better. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You're, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, in other news, that a new cap and trade carbon emissions bill unveiled in Oregon last week continues to draw criticism from the trucking industry that helped derail similar legislation last year. If you look at the latest version for the upcoming session, it's not much different than last year's House Bill 2020, said Jana Jarvis, head of the Oregon Trucking Associations. Cap and trade does nothing to reduce carbon. All it does is increase costs. The new proposal, currently known as Legislative Concept 19, includes many features from last year's version, which failed to pass after a high-profile walkout by Republican senators. The bill that's intended to rein in carbon emissions by capping overall emissions allowed in the state, forcing large polluters to either reduce emissions or purchase carbon credits that would offset each ton of gas that they emit. The cap would lower over time, so the state's overall emissions would also decline. To placate industries and rural communities that oppose the original legislation, Concept 19 includes several new provisions easing pollution targets. A concession to the transportation sector, for example, would phase into the emission cap based on geography. Oregon Governor Kate Brown has said passing the cap-and-trade legislation is a top priority this year. Setting the stage for another fight, Jarvis, along with many Republican legislators, supports referring the cap-and-trade bill to voters in the form of a ballot measure. If Oregonians really want this bill, it needs to go to them, she said. Here's one for you. Don't take mommy's wine away. U.S. wine and spirits importers want tariffs off the table. A dispute over France's digital service tax says the office of the U.S. Trade Representative considering up to 100%, 100% tariff on on French champagne and sparkling wine imports. The only thing you'll be able to drink is like that Bud Light seltzer. (laughs) (laughs) American wine and spirits importers are shaken by the possibility that they'll have to drink that Bud Light seltzer that the Trump administration may impose additional tariffs on the European Union. The, this month, the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative said it will consider increasing an existing 25% U.S. tariff on certain European origin alcohol products to 100%. Yikes! The USCR imposed that 25% tariff on wines and spirits from the EU in October 2019 in response to this ongoing U.S.-EU trade dispute in the World Trade Organization over subsidies for Airbus. Yeah, the latest threat by the U.S. to implement the 100% tariffs on certain alcoholic beverages, specifically French champagne and sparkling wine, follows the Trump administration's opposition to the recent passage of the French digital services tax. The imposition of additional U.S. duties on sparkling wines from France alone would cause significant economic harm to the alcohol industry and may result in more than 17,000 U.S. jobs lost, warned Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America in a letter to members urging them to ask Congress to oppose the new tariffs. This includes importers, producers, distributors, wholesalers, retailers, as well as related jobs throughout the distribution chain, such as shippers, truckers, warehouse workers, bookkeepers and accountants, sales representatives, customs brokers, managers, hospitality, and more. If you can think of any more, that kind of covers it. Yeah, I mean, that just tells you how many people in a supply chain get hit by these tariffs, these retaliatory tariffs, yeah. and how many, uh, you know, the shrapnel flies a lot further than just uh, mommy's glass of wine on the table, right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, what, and so, and they are saying that by doing this, if they, if, if they want to escalate, the uh, EU will escalate as well. They're more than happy to. They're, gonna, they're going to raise tariffs on American whiskey, amongst other things. Yeah. Uh, in our final and fourth headline, cocaine valued at one point. Five million seized in a shipment of Malenga. Yes, U.S. Customs and Border Protection operations at the Far International Bridge cargo facility in Texas 
intercepted 1.53 million worth of cocaine hidden inside a tractor trailer hauling a commercial shipment of fresh malanga. Do you what know what malango is? Is it taro? Like beef yeah. taro? Yeah, it's like taro. Is that from yeah. like a bone? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. C- CPB officers assigned to the cargo facility at the Far International Bridge along the U.S.-Mexico border stopped a tractor-trailer hauling the Malanga for further inspection on January 12th. Maybe they were curious what it mm-hmm. was, too. Yeah, if you guys know what Malanga is, we got you up here on the LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Chad's got the Facebook. Let us know. I- I'm curious. Uh <laughs> Utilizing available tools and resources, including non-intrusive imaging technology, CBP officers allegedly discovered 80 packages with almost 200 pounds of cocaine hidden inside the trailer. CBP officers seized the drug along with the tractor trailer. The case remains under investigation by Homeland Security. You know what I was watching there? I woke up at like 2.30 in the morning, um, Saturday morning. And then, like, I no. went, I, I couldn't go back to sleep, so I watched End of Watch on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that one. Interesting movie, though. I haven't heard of it. It's like a first-person, um, uh, it's like, you know, like Blair Witch, that style, like the oh, first-person yeah. video style, and it has, uh, what's it called? Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, Omar Epps, I think it might be his partner. Okay. and well, I recommend it. Was it? Yeah, you do? Yeah. We got to call Brandon uh, Freed, don't we? Let's do it. All right, we got to talk to him about the Air Cargo Club and see what's going on with that. We'll be down there in, jeez, uh, less than a week we drive down. That's right. Hi, you've reached the Freed family. Please leave a name. Well, number, okay. He's standing us up again. And we'll yeah. get right back to you as soon as possible. All right. Well, hey, Brandon, it's Dooner and Chad with What the Truck. Just How's calling it going? You, calling you one more time, leaving a message on your voicemail. We are excited for what is what, the Nashville, the Air Cargo yeah. Conference, Nashville. Yeah, you know who's going to be there? We, we are, are going to be there. We are. Uh, Brandon, I guess we'll have to catch up with you there. Take it easy from uh, us and the What the Truck audience. Yeah. Uh, All right, well. We're going to be talking with uh, Craig Fuller, CEO. Of course we are. He's going to be a keynote there. Yeah. We're going to be talking with Chris McMillan, VP of IT at AIT Worldwide Logistics. Also, um, Brooke Pierce, he is a manager of Accelerated Couriers. Ooh. We're going to talk to him uh, on Monday. Uh, you know, all kinds of things are going to be happening. Mark Weiss, is that how you pronounce it? Or oh, they're going to say Wahlberg. I was like, wow, star power. We got Aaron Andrews. That's well, this guy. Five, and then you got. This guy's the NASA Kennedy Space uh, Space Center Gateway Logistics uh, Element Manager. Ooh. I mean, you know, that's something. We're going to be talking with Andrew Latabashay. Can you say that? Latabashay. 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 Right. CEO of Reliance Partners, along with, you know, uh, one of his friends, Ronald Ramsey, the CCO of Reliance we're going to be talking with Brian Schreiber of Rickenbacker at the Columbus Airport, Amanda Barlow, who you mm-hmm. know at Roanoke, with yeah. cyber, on the topic of cyber risks and security insurance. Ooh. I think I'm going to see yeah, Tom Moran there as well. I'm excited yeah. to see all the Roanoke people. For uh, If you're not familiar, my so my dad works for Roanoke. He's on the board and vice president of Roanoke for a very long time. Oh. So I kind of grew up in that a. Uh, that cargo insurance environment, and I know those guys from working in my days. <laughs> As everyone is familiar with. Right? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting, exciting Well, I wish more people were familiar with, because I remember when I was selling freight, I'd always have to convince shippers that, like, look, getting the insurance, like, it, and it's like $0.25 cents per $100, but getting it is not, it's not, we're not trying to upsell you. We're trying to save your business. You know, if, if, one, if there's a big accident at sea or your freight comes damaged, you don't have the cargo insurance, good luck getting your money back. Okay, I, t- I take your word for it. Sounds like a talking point next week at the Air Cargo Conference. We're going to be talking with all kinds of CEOs. Josh Wolf, CEO of Cargo Ship. Dan Deepow, CEO of Cargo Cast. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Eric Hare, CEO of K9 Global. Speaking of cybersecurity. K9 Global. Yeah. K9, do they ship dogs? They they dogs do a lot of security work. You know what I'm saying? Like, Is that what they really do? They ship yeah. like dogs around? No, I don't. I don't think they ship them. Oh, they, they like they, an airline for dogs. Well, we're gonna find out when we talk to Eric Hare just how it all works. <laughs> yeah, so in NASA, right? So we're talking to NASA guys, yeah. and there's a documentary on Netflix that they follow this guy who did a year in space, and it's a twin. So the one brother, oh. so they could really study the physical, like the physiology and chemistry and what yeah. really happens. Because I think we all know like bone density. You can have bone density issues, but one of the biggest things he showed was like his feet. So I guess um, the bottom of your feet gets super smooth, but the top of them get like real screwed up because you have to keep hooking your feet under stuff so you don't float away in the International Space Station. Oh. Like so you don't float up to the ceiling. So yeah. the astronauts are always hooking their feet under like metal bars and stuff. And then it causes these huge calluses on your toes. It sounds like an opportunity for an invention of some kind. Like a like a sneaker, like an upside down sneaker. Yeah, something. yeah. You listen yeah. to Reebok, like, <laughs> like a, a space sneaker. Kind of grab, yeah. The old moon boots. Good times. Yeah. Well, too bad we couldn't have Brandon Freed on, but I think we carry that segment just fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon, yeah. we'll we'll catch up with you next time. You know who's I think is up next? It should be uh, Anthony Smith. I hope he's out there. I hope, I hope he's uh, more timely than uh, I know. What is going on? He's done such Anthony a tight ship around here, and now we got to bring like a uh, a whip out. Anthony Smith is he not there either? <laughs> Jeez, paging. Anthony okay. Smith. Wow, he might be in a meeting. Who knows? He's. He, I, I know that he might be upstairs because one of the things we're going to talk to him about was why Fannie Mae would be interested in talking to a freight economist, right? Yeah, and apparently he knows some sort of voodoo where. Uh, housing starts help predict the freight economy, and knowing that sort of real estate can help predict the freight economy. He's been, he's he's talked about that for a long time. He, he he considers it a kind of a leading economic indicator, as I understand. Well, what has he told you? Do you know enough to tell us? What has he told you about it? Well, I mean, one of the co- the connections is, I mean, you look at the flatbed. You know, flatbed only represents about twelve percent of the over the road you know trucks. Yeah. But and there's their specialty, but they uh, you can follow some of their movements to know often how housing is is starting. I mean. I, you know, I think we'll save the segment to let him be the specialist that talks about, you know, how they are. But um, one of the things I I remember (laughs) is that in the winter, because of weather, housing starts often go down. But so it doesn't necessarily mean the the economy is struggling or um, the other parts of the supply chain, but it just literally could be suppressed by weather. You've got to have good weather to be able to build those houses. Yeah. Yep. Um. So he will be here. He is. Uh, he's also uh, the co-host on Freightonomics. Yeah, I know. I even loaded up their theme song so like I could introduce him to it and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I don't know what's with the guys on our other podcast. Great quarter, guys. We have Kevin Hill, right? He he, yeah. did, he just I was just standing in the hallway yakking away. And now Anthony Smith, I slacked him. He said he's here, but okay. he hasn't shown up yet. So I don't know. But after him, Craig Fuller is going to come on, and Andy's yeah. just cannibalizing his own time here. Because when Craig comes on, he's going to he's going to take us to oil school, right? He's going to talk about rack fuel prices, right? Uh, and uh, he's going to talk about ways to save on fuel. And there is a whole new, pretty exciting data set, I must say. No, it is, and I think that I went into his like one on one class on all this today. He really explained the difference between the wholesale fuel market and the. The retail fuel market, like what us what us suckers pay when we go and we drive and we fill our car up. We, you're very interested in looking at the sign, right? Yeah. A guy who drives for a big fleet, he doesn't care about what that sign says because 
every single day there's a there's a fleet manager at a trucking company who goes out and he negotiates like a million dollar spend worth of gasoline for these larger fleets every single day. And he goes to like the pilot flying J's of the world, yeah. the um, uh, the loves of the world, all the big rest stops. And, and like every single day. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's my understanding. No, every single day. Yeah. yeah. This isn't uh, just a one time thing. So, uh, Anthony. Hey, Anthony. What's going on, man? What's up? What uh, what, what kept you? I, I thought it, I thought it was seven minutes later. Okay. Oh, so, um, <laughs> you're on your own time zone, the Smith zone? No, I got an email invite for 227. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> the right hand right. doesn't know what the left yeah. is doing. Well, um, it's the economy. Anthony Smith's economy. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So tell us. We, we want to know how, uh, why a company like Fannie Mae would be interested in talking to a guy like you. That's a good question. Yeah. I'm going to ask them when they get here. <laughs> oh, they haven't come in yet today. <laughs> They're not here yet, no. We were giving you a pass. We thought maybe you were, uh, you were up there with them. No, no, they're not here yet today. But um, well, one, of the- how, one of the things you can tell us is how are housing starts yeah. a leading freight indicator? Um, well, housing starts, uh, so it's a few implications for housing starts. When you yeah. think about housing starts, it's like the thing where, okay, there's the initial activity when a home is being built. Um, we're seeing that uh, those new projects coming online, moving freight activity throughout the country and stuff like that. Um, and so when we're seeing those houses being built, that's like the building products going on flatbed trailers usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But the bigger part of the housing industry is existing homes. And so when people are feeling confident to buy a house or or really purchase a new home, new to them, existing home, they're usually confident enough to fill it with other stuff like um, right. furniture and appliances. So it's a uh-huh. good indicator. So yeah. it's a consumer sentiment it is it is and you're is. big on that i am big on the consumer side. i am what else are you big <laughs> on right now so in freightonomics you guys dove deep into california yeah exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you do that. more of a uh, like great quarter guys do the micro and you guys do the macro yeah. right so yeah. they usually they usually dive into a company i know this week they're doing xbo last week they looked at walmart right you guys for example you'll pick a market or something so you pick straight out of california why yeah. california i think because of a lot of the potential regulations in California, really kind of looking at, and do regulations always have the intended effect? And what are some mm-hmm. of the implications from those regulations and, and how does it spur into other areas? And so um, Zach really dealt into got into a few of the freight uh, regulations that are kind of going on in California right now. Yeah. Um, I looked at a few of the housing uh, regulations and what that might mean for activity and what that might mean for freight going into it. We've heard a lot about the AB5 and that seems to be I think the effects would have been quite unintended. Right. And so, so far that's being delayed. What, what are some of the housing regula- regulatory things? Uh, so one of the new things that we found was a um, potential uh, solar roof uh, regulation oh. where all new homes need to have solar roofs put on there. Wow. Um, so that might be something that's going to jack up prices for new homes. Wait, all new homes will have to have a solar, like that's just part of the, <laughs> yeah. like how you have to have like, like a, a window to call it a bedroom. <laughs> what, what solar manufacturer got like, and got a closet, right? Yeah, I, is that, is that everywhere that you need a window and a closet to call something a bedroom? Is that, oh like, yeah. I don't know. A window a cl- and a closet. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two. To qualify right. as a bedroom. Right. Yeah. Really? And now a solar panel if you're in California. You a, yeah. You need a solar panel if you're going to yeah. build a new house. So what, what's up this week on Freightonomics? So Freightonomics, we are going to talk about some of the freight recession stuff, um, some of the things that go into a freight recession, some of the things that are on the macro side of a freight recession. So, for instance, 
Uh, manufacturing is a big mm-hmm. part of freight recessions. We're looking at manufactured goods um, being transported throughout the country. Um, so that's that's a big part of it. So we're going to get into that a little bit more. What's the definition of a freight recession? Mm. Um, and really kind of honing in on the volume side of it all. And so, yeah, I think that's it's going to be a pretty good episode and kind of one of those ones that's going to be timeless like you can always kind of go back to evergreen it. Ooh, a little evergreen, evergreen content little evergreen. Yeah. we've been yeah. having a lot more of that on our website so freight recession comes up a lot what's the difference between that and a uh, economic recession so in an economic recession you see that it's really based on the consumer and so goods and services but the goods and services don't always apply to the freight market so when we're looking at things like insurance or uh, any kind of good that is a uh, service that's being purchased that's not going to be implicated in freight it's going to be more so in a gdp number that's going to that's not going to contribute to volume and so we can have an economic expansion overall in the u.s um, where we see the gdp go up and you know kind of modulate around that that elevated number but that's not going to do anything for freight but when we see downward momentum for industrial production manufacturing durable goods things like that that's the kind of stuff that's going to kind of impact freight but not be big enough to really sway the overall economy. So one of these things is not necessarily like the other, yeah. right? Right. Um, well, Anthony, the show's at 2 p.m., right? 2 p.m. Yes, uh, Wednesday. Yes. All right, we got to bump you out. Sorry, I'm sorry for the confusion. <laughs> Thanks me. for being on, book, man. I think on Slack I said 217, but I did look at the invite. I did put 224 okay. sharp, too. Okay. But uh, Craig Fuller's okay. here. He wants to talk about that big release in Sona. Is Craig here? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> he is. Well, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, we got to we gotta talk about this uh, rack price diesel rates in Sonar and how it's going to change the game. Hey, Earlier today, uh, Mr. Craig Fuller had me Fuller. in his classroom. Got to be his student on a rack rates for retail. And I actually learned a whole bunch. And it's stuff that I think that if you're not in that side of the world, you probably wouldn't think about it or, or even know about. No, I think fuel is, uh, you know, a, a lot of the larger fleets and, and actually mid-sized fleets have fuel managers that know the fuel business. But it's typically, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a job that's been around for many, many years. And so the people who have been doing it for many, many years have done it for many years. And so there's a lot of uh, things that aren't known about fuel. But I... Spent uh, nine years, actually seven years, running a fuel card company, so I know a little bit about it. <laughs> so, are there are there these fleet managers? Are they having to negotiate with like a pilot or a loves on a like literal daily basis as the as the news comes in, or how how does that work? No, typically the larger fleets have commitments of volume okay. commitments, and they say I'm going to put you know. 10,000 gallons a, a, a month into this fleet, into this truck stop, or 100, mm. it depends on how big they are. Uh, I mean, some of these uh, companies are putting in, you know, a million gallons or 10 million gallons to okay. the pilot or the TA or et cetera. And they get those discounts based on proportion of how many gallons. And so what, what typically happens is rather than negotiating on a per gallon basis or, hey, or on a per transaction basis, they're negotiating basically on a volume commitment basis. And that's what drives their discounts. Yeah. And so there is, they are rewarded for buying fuel uh, gallons at a certain truck stop. Wow. So the new release in Sonar, it came out over the weekend. We talked about it on radio a bit, but to our audience here, what is it? What what does it do? How is it going to help uh, the fleet managers of the world? Yeah, so this is going to be geared towards the larger, the midsize and larger fleets that buy on wholesale. Okay. So I want to be very clear, this is not a retail diesel uh, or a, a retail truck stop pump uh, uh, 
uh, index. It's not built for the folks that are buying at retail. It's built for the the larger fleets, the midsize. Typically, you think of, you know, twenty five trucks and above is potentially has a, a wholesale deal. Uh, with their buying on rack wholesale, uh, definitely above 75 trucks. Almost anybody, anybody above 75 trucks uh, is going to have a, a wholesale rack priced uh, deal. And basically what that means is they're buying based on a third party's assessment of the cost at their, basically the refinery um, or the distributor of fuel, whatever that price is. That changes daily and sometimes a couple times a day. They basically are buying on that price with either a discount or a premium thereof. So in the past, we've had these fuel optimization lanes and ways of making things more efficient. This takes it to the next a little bit, modifies it, takes it to the next level. Could you? Explain I don't think that? a little bit. We're talking about something massive okay. here, Chad. Yeah. Let's not under. <laughs> let's not undersell this. Well, yeah. I am like it's trying huge. to get my head around it. Like, how much of a leap is it? How does it work? Well, let's okay. So let's just be. Let's talk about optimization. So okay. optimization. Uh, there has been around the years. There have been what they call route line optimizers, mm-hmm. and route line optimizers look at the origin destination pair or the location of where you're picking up and where you're delivering shipper and consignee, uh, and they basically what the route line optimizer does is it looks at all of the fuel stops along that route and figures out based on the fleet's own discount structure as well as what's happening in the market what the cheapest place to buy fuel is. That's what it does yeah. based on a route. So yeah. example is if you're going from Atlanta to Dallas and you're driving through Birmingham and you're driving through Jackson, Mississippi and Shreveport, Louisiana, is, you know, if I give you a route one day, you may stop in Birmingham, Shreveport, et cetera, for fuel to top off. The next day, it may be completely different because the price, not in Shreveport, but the price in Vicksburg, Mississippi is the cheapest along that route line. And so it changes based on the day-to-day activity in the market. Yeah, I wish I had that. So that's the uh, that's the optimizing. <laughs> that's I, the optimizer, and it changes daily. And that, that's called route line optimization. Yeah. Now, what we're doing is different with this timed-based optimization. So the what this actually does is it forecasts out what the price of fuel, wholesale rack prices are going to be, tomorrow yeah so it's like saying we know the the weather tomorrow and what it's going to look like um or it's like saying you know what the the wholesale price of something is with 90 percent accuracy it's 90 percent accuracy uh in terms of guessing or forecasting what the actual price is uh within the next 20 uh, the, the next day so it is 90 percent accurate on rack i want to be very clear this is not the wholesale pump Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're paying pump, it's not going to help you that much. If you are paying rack, it's going to help you a tremendous amount. Yes. And we are looking at about 3% savings on your fuel because it tells you fuel today or fuel tomorrow. And th- that's the value is that like, if you think about how trucks fuel, a lot of times what they'll do is when they're done with their, uh, they're either going to uh, fuel along the route. So they, you know, get fuel when they're on their route or they fuel when they shut down for the night, they go top up. Right. But there's value in maybe delaying that fuel to tomorrow. If you know you're going to save four cents a gallon by fueling up in the morning, wouldn't you do that? 
Yeah, especially if I'm talking about volume, my margins are already tight. It's one of my largest fixed I mean, this costs. is comes directly to your bottom line. So we're not yeah. talking about, you know, we 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 were in the market talking about a lot of data, whether it's Tinder rejection data or uh, you know, the thing is about all that stuff is really important, but it doesn't hit your uh it's not a direct input cost. In other words, it's it is it takes a couple of steps to get a direct economic change in your business. But fuel comes directly out of your pocket. Yeah. And it doesn't cost you anything. The other thing that I think fuel managers will really like about this is it doesn't change how they route their fuel because a lot of times they'll have these commitments with a specific truck stop and they say, hey, I got to put 100,000 gallons into this stop. You know, I've committed to pilot 100,000 gallons. They have to keep committing to that and they have to meet that. The great thing from a fuel manager is they don't like an optimizer or the boss coming in and say, you need to go. I want to give you all your gallons to the TA. They're like... Who are you to do my job? Why yeah. are you taking all these gallon <laughs> commitments away? You're making my job harder. What's great oh, about right. this is it doesn't change any of that. It changes the time of what you fuel, which is pretty powerful because it keeps you in as the fuel buyer, keeps you in control of the decision. You get to maintain your commitments in terms of gallon commitments. Doesn't change that at all, but it changes when you Actually, accept it. So the, I guess I'm trying to think of a really good analogy. I fly a lot. I have to fly a lot from business, and I prefer Delta Airlines this is my favorite airline. I've got a lot of points with them, I and like I go up. But the yeah. thing is, if I go on their website, it's more expensive. If I go direct, so I go on a kayak to sh- price shop, and I'm always sort of checking to see if that's the cheapest price. And what's interesting is if you move the day that you fly around, mm-hmm. you know, I won't fly today or tomorrow. Or, I mean, day one or day two, you know, maybe it's the 20th I'm supposed to fly out versus the 21st. The day actually has a huge impact on the price of the plane. We all know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Take a a a later flight, fly on Saturday, it's going to be the cheapest. It's the same idea here is that I'm still flying Delta. It's just that I'm saving a bigger percent by either uh, uh, flying on one day or the other. In this case, it's fuel. So it's either topping off now or tomorrow. Mm. What's wrong with that? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Like that's great. That is great, and I hope the word is going to get out yeah. there. I mean, this is live now. The forecaster. Uh, it is in sonar. Yeah, ULST. so it's free. It's free for thirty days. It's yeah. it's uh, uh, we're we're offering it to all sonar users for the next thirty days. And so take advantage of it, get to play with it, look, and see if there's a way you can make it actionable in your business. It's free. It's free. Yeah. We are literally giving away free money. No more faster. <laughs> no more faster. It's all about it. Know what's happening right now faster than anybody else. This is going to have a huge impact on your fuel spend if you use it, and it's free. So take advantage of it. Hey, I love this forecasting stuff. You know I do the Sirius XM show. I don't get to use a lot of visuals in my work, especially on radio. I have to do everything with my voice, and you have to do it quickly. You have to do it in segments. And forecasting, talking about a rate forecaster, talking about forecasting rack rates, those are concepts that people can really grasp very quickly when they're passively driving down the wheel and flipping people off. That's Let's, <laughs> let's hope they're not flipping people off because truckers don't ever no. do that, right? No. We're going to be talking about road rage later. Car, it's the car drivers that do that That's true. all the Four-wheelers. time. You know, the four-wheelers. <laughs> um, but, 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 you know, I, I think as you think about there's a lot of data out there. Some of it is something you can do long-term to make long-term decisions, and some of it you can do right now. This is a data set that you can do something right now. Doesn't change anything about your business. You're yeah. hauling the same freight. You're hauling, you know, hiring the same drivers. You're, you're dealing with the same maintenance, the same trucks. All the same things are happening 
It just is changing the time of which you fuel. Yeah. Pretty freaking awesome. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Timing is everything. We're yeah, and we know? think, you know, again, these are all forecast, and we'll see how it does in the wild. But we're talking about saving $1,000 per truck per year. That's a lot of money. Cassandra Gaines says she flips off people, too. When she's well, driving. we know she does, but she's she she has no problem saying what she thinks. Nope. Live on the air. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, is, I think what XM Radio is... Uh, uh, they're not FCC no, regulated. Yeah, it's okay. They're I mean, not... Ways, they're not so. re- they can say what they want to say, but... Um, we try to keep it... We try to keep might, it professional. Yeah. I think their advertisers may not appreciate some of the more colorful language. Yeah. But, but Cassandra's not the only one that has colorful language. I do as well. Yeah. Well, so, we're, we're bringing a new generation. Nature here. of the beast. Yeah. Well, Craig, so. thank you so much That's for driving right. by. Yeah. I, I like your watch, too. I like the band. You got a band. That's, you the, got a, that's yeah. the uh, Baylor Bears. The Bears. <laughs> you know, so, but here's the problem is my coach, Matt Rule, yeah. Yeah. is now uh, coaching uh, in the NFL. The are Giants, you, right? Are, no, the no, Panthers. He's, uh, oh, he's the Panthers. Are you going to have to cheer for the Panthers now? No. So, Matt Rule, like, okay, he did great, rebuilt the program. Yeah. But I don't think he. We ever saw him as a Baylor guy. He was only there oh, for three years. I mean, you're a Baylor guy, Jeff. yeah. That's right. So he was there for three years. So is it? it I, I don't know that we ever. I mean, maybe you felt differently. I never this felt year, like he was ours. This year, I got excited about him. But did I you ever like, feel like he was ours? This very year, I started to, and then they took no, him away. No, you knew as soon as <laughs> we can't have nice things. I know. Uh, but you knew as soon as he was oh. going to start winning. He had. I. I never felt he was a Baylor guy. He was. It was a culture guy. He was changing he was the culture. He was genuine. He was great, and he rebuilt the program. But I always felt like, and I and I, I don't judge him for this at all, or begrudge right. him at all. I felt like he he had bigger aspirations and bigger goals in life. <laughs> Or, or other goals, because no, there is no bigger goal than being the winning coach <laughs> of the Baylor Bears, but he had other goals, and I thought that's okay. Like, I think he did what he, the school needed him to do, and yeah. we appreciate that. But I, We I, do. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly cheer for him if they're playing anyone else that yeah. I don't care about. Sure. And with, no, <laughs> and with no Cam Newton now, it might be a little easier to cheer for you, know, you weren't a scam fan. No, oh. no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Matt, no. Matt Rule though. He, you know they only have the number fifty fifth ranked recruiting team, like their team. Baylor. Yeah, is ranked they did when he was. Well, it's just because they don't have a. Gosh. They didn't have a coach. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Panthers because I'm like, there's only thirty two teams. That's really bad. <laughs> no, I mean, the Bears have really overachieved. Oh, yeah. You know, so the, here's the question though: Is the new? Are you excited about the new Louis LSU guy? Uh, that that joined. Yeah, the defensive uh, uh, defensive coordinator that is now the head coach. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, he okay. was announced last week. I'm not. Oh. I'm not convinced. I don't know that I love the defensive play. I'm more of an offense guy. I, I like think, seeing yeah. the ball thrown and the score drawn but, up. But you could the people say that the Big Twelve needs the uh, needs the uh, defense. So maybe that's I, the play. I, we will see. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think people are tuning into what the truck to hear about yeah. Baylor football. We can yeah. we <laughs> can do well, this sports after dark. We have, yeah. but the thing is, like, we have what uh, six months, seven months before a game starts. That's true. true. So well, we have plenty of time. Thanks for yeah. forecasting but, what hey, you I, did. Real quick, yes. real quick. Yes, I do want to point out that Baylor basketball. Wow, is. Yeah. The number two 
college basketball team in the country. Wow. Number two, what are you, baby. No, no, hang on. That's, you're doing that's the hook'em hook horns. You're doing the hook'em horns not, there. Is that, no, that, <laughs> no is, come on, man. I'm just like number two, baby. No, yeah. that's the horn. The you got to do the bear. This. Come I on, know, Chad. What are you doing? Get out of here. Throw him off the show. Come on. Put him in the seat. It's a different way of showing, too. What is up next, guys? Donnie. Donnie's waiting patiently. He's waiting patiently, and he's like, I'm tired of hearing about Baylor football. All right, I'll see you guys. Love you. All right, show. Thanks, Thank Greg. You. Fantastic, Take man. Repping the moon always. Too. Local brand, that moon pie. Taking the yeah. show. They, ooh, <laughs> I, I recommend uh, looking at their Twitter following if you haven't done it. Okay, no, they have a good one. Cl- oh, it's great. Steakum has a good oh. one, too. Steakum and Wendy's. Yeah. If you ever look at yeah, the, Wendy's, Wendy's is too. like the most notorious. But we got to hire like an internet troll to be to do our social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you serve as the, the internet troll. All right. <laughs> See ya. Okay. All right, Donnie. Donnie, I hope uh, he's had extra Donnie! time to study. This is going to all be at a disadvantage here against him. Um, oh, you're not. You're never at the disadvantage. That, maybe his legs have the, fallen asleep. You're quick to here the Here he comes uh, now. He was, and it's time for a little. Mark for trivia. Mark an X for trivia. Yeah. Now we have another game. What is this one? Woo! Oh. Our market experts to play. Market expert trivia. Hey, Donnie Gilbert, welcome back to the show. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm Man, a tough act yeah. to follow, there but, um, you know, you, you've just been bringing it day day in and day, week in and week out, ready to take on Dooner, who plays a really competitive game uh, of of market expert trivia. Is this is this his proper? Oh, no, we got to move over one one okay. thing over here. So that, that's him. Okay. This is me. There we go. Okay, so you got to be real quick on the draw. Yeah. All right, so he's he's quick too. You got stuff in your way. You might want to. Is this full contact? All right. Full, and, oh okay. yeah, he's got to finish the entire thing. So today we are unraveling the supply chain. Oh. These questions Jeez. are based. I know. Things escalated quickly. <laughs> and they're uh, they're based on one of our daily infographics. And uh, today's featured infographic is by Emily Ricks. Mm. All right, so uh, for every one of these, FYI, I have only I've only given you four options. All right, I'm not digging. We're not digging deep into E and F. Okay. All right, it's just A through D. All right, number one, challenges in the supply chain are A, lack of transparency, B, lost, delayed goods, or C, insufficient planning, or D, all of the above. It is D. D, all of the above. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shocker. This is kind of an educational <laughs> infographic one. Um, a beneficial cargo owner. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. Yes. Or a BCO. A, a big cat outside. Takes ownership of goods upon their arrival. Serves B as a friend with benefits for the manufacturer. C, also stands for best chance operator. Or D, none of the above. Yes, Donnie. D, none of the above. Incorrect. Uh, it, it was A, right? That's correct. Yeah. Hey. Um, all right. Well, um, I'm sorry about that, Donnie. Nice try, man. I thought you knew it. I thought you knew this stuff. I thought you knew a BCO. <laughs> well, I don't know what BCO is. Oh, they okay. Do, they say, says takes ownership. Yeah, it takes takes ownership of goods upon their arrival. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the infographic, sourced oh. from Bloomberg. Uh, let's see. Three. A logistics service provider, or LSP, A, stores goods at a receiving location, B, delivers goods to a receiving location, C, destroys goods at a receiving location, or D, all of the above? Yes, Dooner, quick. A D. D. 
D is not correct. Oh. <laughs> I didn't hear the question. So, I'll go with A. No, I'm sorry. It, it, what? <laughs> Guys, it is B delivers goods to a receiving location. Yes. Oh, well. Uh, okay, so it's still two to nothing, not over. Okay. Uh, four, a freight forwarder A manages and organizes the transportation of goods. B forwards goods from old addresses to new addresses until the new ones are updated into the system. C, manages domestic cargo only, or D, none of the above? Yes. A. A is correct. Well, you're damaging your the foundation of your microphone there. Uh, yes. I'm glad you're excited. Marking. Glad you're excited. <laughs> I'm just marking. Uh, B, an equipment provider, playing for pride, an equipment for pri- uh, provider, A, creates the product, B, possesses the physical infrastructure needed to transport goods, C, manages and organizes the transportation of goods, or D, all of the above. There, I, you can't see the right answer oh. there. No, I'm, just, I'm trying to read it. Can you read it again? I really? wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. That's, One I'm more gonna, time. I'm going to deduct you a One point for that. I'm already one. Uh, no, that, you, you're down to two now because you just lost right, a point. Go, go ahead. Uh, an equipment provider, A, yeah. creates the product, B, possesses the physical infrastructure needed to possess to transport goods uh c manages and organizes the transportation of goods or d all of the above d all of the above no oh b it is a creates the product <laughs> so all right all right we're, so all right donnie thank you for stopping by wow. thanks man it was good having you all right thank you thanks easy. donnie wow thanks donnie we got the bonus here. Thank you, Donnie. No, it's too late. No, forget about it. Forget Donnie. About it. All right, guys, it was fun. I, I apologize for my, my loss today. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hey, no no problem. Bring it next time. <laughs> Bring it next time. Bring it next time. Study your infographics. He knocked out our little monitor here. Couldn't even hear myself for a second. All right, here comes Emily. She's going to play a little big deal, little deal with us. <laughs> Get back on the page. Big deal. Ooh. This episode's been a mess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. All right. Keeps you on your toes. It does. Live TV. Well, it looks like Dooner gets to go first. Oh. Does that mean you won last time? or you um, It just means yeah. gentlemen. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he won. Oh, oh okay. Nice. I'll take it. Yeah. Chad, that was nice of you. Well, according to a recent post on Freightways.com, lawsuit abuse is driving up insurance rates for carriers and some say personal injury attorneys are actually the ones to blame. Is this a big deal or a little deal? Uh, you know, as, as my friend Cassandra Gaines always says in her Cassandra. Mad Gaines segment, <laughs> it's uh, it's a big deal because obviously, you know, driving up rates there. But one of the dirty tricks they do is they make people go to uh, personal injury attorney hospitals, which are apparently a thing, that don't take regular health insurance. What? So it costs like 10 times, 40 times as much just to get like an aspirin. It's like $400 for an aspirin, you know, even though you got hit on the head with an anvil. Yeah, it's so, a big deal. Uh, yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal uh, industry wide. Absolutely, we are starting to cover it more. It's it's um it's a huge deal. Margins are already tight, and some serious tort reform needs to happen in yeah. the industry. Donnie was just in here, and he wrote uh, with the help of others throughout the building. But he was the main person wrote a nuclear verdict story. So I'd go on FreightWaves.com to read that. It was Ooh. extremely interesting. Oh. Yes, so there's that plug. Well, Chad, shipping yeah. decarbonization efforts could cost over a trillion dollars by the year what? 2050. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, like what's a trillion between friends over the next 30 mm. years? I, it's hard to quantify, right? We're like, the, it's a big deal that they're trying to get zero carbon emissions. They claim that the shipping industry is responsible for 2.2 of all emissions. And uh, I guess that's a significant amount um, I think the average of the cost to the shippers would be what 1.4 billion a year. Um, but I, it's hard to, I'm going to say little deal because I just don't think that it's that much money over the span of three decades. Okay. Uh, I think the only reason it's a big deal is because they're not allocating that money. So that trillion, which is one of those things where like it's one trillion to one point four trillion, but we know anything like that. It's the cost will be like three times as much. So it's probably really three trillion, and the money's not really being allocated towards it. So it seems like it's going to take a lot longer than twenty fifty, unfortunately. Yeah. So the U.S. breaks up a Pakistani nuke smuggling operation. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? Well, the big deal about it is that um, a lot of the parts are still out there. The pinball machine that they made the uh, DeLorean out of, they made uh, Doc's time machine, is, are still loose. I know that was the Libyans and not the Pakistanis, but either way. But, and the guys are on the loose, too. So they broke it up, but the dudes who are... Now so it's like a Mission Impossible somewhere. movie. Yeah, yeah they got to go track them down. Like, catch me if you can. Well, the, the part of the story that I found a little confusing is that, I mean, they, they all knew that they were giving the selling the parts to the Pakistan Atomic Energy Commission or the Pakistan's Advanced Engineering Research Organization, which are on the entity list, which apparently if you apply to send stuff to there, you're, you, you assume that your license will be denied being able to do that. So I guess they were given permission to do that, these businesses? Interesting. A little yeah. unclear to me on that part. And yeah. all, the thing, all the purchases um, of, I think, the 38, they were under $10,000. For those reasons, I'm saying little deal. All right. Oh, Hey, well, we have a video of this next like one. So, tank. Harrison, yeah. if you could roll this video, it actually came from my old viewing area right outside oh. of Omaha in western Iowa. Oh. Chad, truck driver's dash cam records a narrow miss. If you're watching this oh. video, it's crazy. As a pickup slides across the side of a freeway, slamming directly into a stopped truck on Iowa's I-80, nearly missing a person. Is yeah. this a big deal or a little deal? Well, I mean, it's fantastic footage and it's a big deal to drive safely on those roads. But this is what a mere small incident and a near miss. So for those reasons, also little deal. Like when it, hey, when it's big, you gotta call it. Okay. So first of all, he's wrong. That last answer, he was wrong about that one because the on the entry docs, of course, they're gonna misdeclare the the cost of them. They're not gonna be like, oh, this is a twenty million dollar warhead. They're gonna be like, yeah, it's like (laughs) thousands. They pay less duties on it. But so let's narrate this for a second. So there's a truck that was flying across the freeway, right? For just the listeners at home who who are going by audio. So this was in Iowa, and the guy's on the road, and he goes flying past this truck. He goes across the grass, which has snow all over it, and hits a truck that's on the other side of the road. There's a dude walking by in a beanie. He literally didn't even notice until the last second this truck's yeah, coming out. And I think a lawnmower went flying yeah. out of the back of it and hoses and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal because, you know, if you see what the car did, if you're watching the video and go to my Twitter, we did it there. We'll tweet out again. But the car was like, it looks like he was trying to pass trying this to pass truck, truck on the right side and he just yep. completely lost control. So, yeah, drive safe out there. You almost killed this guy. No, I will I will tell so you a, from... You say, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. deal. Yeah, I, was, a big I deal. covered winter weather in this area and people are absolute idiots. Just yep. because you have a four-wheel drive truck does not mean you uh-huh. can go 50 down the freeway. And I have seen so many people, and I will point and I will laugh if they're in a ditch and they passed us like going on the road. Because right. people drive like absolute idiots, and that is oh, true. Oh, they do. That 
they they think they're invincible because they have four wheel drive and yeah. he's trying to pass a truck. So, well, it'd be a big deal if this segment got people to drive better. That would oh, be a big I deal. I like it. Safer roads because of us. There we go. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Chad, Alaska, an Alaskan dentist convicted Wait, of. Wait, hold on. What about yeah, the road whoa, rage? Whoa, no, it's Dooner's yeah, turn. Oh, this road rage. Whoa, yeah, yeah. I thought you, I thought Speaking you were saying it's a good choice. Well, it kind of ties into it. Yeah, yes. so. It, uh, I did, sorry. <laughs> Dooner, yes. yes. I didn't want to. 82% of drivers in the U.S. admit to having road rage or driving aggressively at least once per year. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a huge number. It was funny, too, because in yeah. that in that study, it said that 5% like actually try to run people off the road I or know, intentionally hit them with their vehicles. Like, that was an accident where that truck flew across the, the median and across the grass and hit the truck. So uh, on, Intentionally, some people are trying to run you off the road, and that's 5%. If you think about that, Every hundred cars you pass, five of those are someone who would be willing to run you off the road. <laughs> I mean, no, people have shoot people over this. They don't just yeah. run people off the road. They kill people. So A former Jets running back got killed, Joe McKnight. So he got in, I believe it was in the self down here, he got into a traffic altercation with some Crazy. dude. Never get out of your car in one of these situations. No. Don't prove your manhood. Uh, back up. Lock the windows. Because if you get out, and especially in some of these yeah. south, southern oh, states yeah. with stand my ground laws, yeah. they, they can cap you. Absolutely. You know, it's like, well, so maybe I won't share you? my, yeah. I, won't, I won't share my anecdotal experience oh. with that recently, but, uh, <laughs> Did you, uh take the, someone off. The, I, you raged, a, a guy raged on me. Oh. I raged back. <laughs> I would have loved to see you he, rage at he, Chad. He, he, ta- he tailed me for a long time. Oh, and he, if you drive kept, with him, he, he rages. Oh, he does he? Yeah. He kept saying like, you know, you want to get out? Get out? <laughs> And were you like, I'll get, were you yeah, like, I'll come get on, out. bring it? Yeah. You get yeah, out there. It's tough in the moment, isn't it? And then yeah. you think about it afterwards when you cool down. Yeah. Right. But in the moment, you're kind of like, yeah, I do. I've been waiting for an excuse <laughs> to fight somebody and take everything, everything that's wrong in life out on you with this fist. Right. And uh, and he followed me a long oh, time. Oh, And you're like, you're trying and to shake like, where you live. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, drive home like, a different way. wait a minute with each turn. What um, happened to uh, he, get into this? Did you? I was trying to merge, and he was the zipper merge. Probably sometimes driving's like pulling teeth. Yeah. Okay. Well, this going good one, dude. On on this subject, by the way, I I think it is a big deal. It's an interesting subject and study. And what is crazy? Eighty eighty two percent of drivers admit for the past year to having driven aggressively. Yeah. But like only fifty nine percent reported showing anger. Forty five percent. You know, change lanes without signaling. Yeah. Only forty five percent. Yeah, right. No, Everyone no, no. in this yeah. city. Way just, more. Turn signals yeah. don't exist on cars made in Tennessee. I know. I'm convinced. So it's so it's kind of scary that that many report the aggressive driving. So. Well, speaking of like pulling teeth, I try to skip right to this one because it's fascinating and also kind of scary at the same yeah, time. Yeah, cringy. Yeah, an Alaskan dentist convicted of unlawful dental acts after he <laughs> was filmed. Extracting a tooth while riding on a hoverboard, one of those little electric things you put both your feet on. Yeah. And at least one conversation, this dentist joked that performing oral surgery on a hoverboard was, quote, a new standard (laughs) of care. That's according to the lawsuit. Yeah, Yeah. apparently all the fraud, all the things that he was involved in, he was just, I mean, he's incriminated himself. So I... I don't know. He was um, he was a cowboy, but um, little deal. You could you could t- pull my teeth on a hoverboard. That's fine. Oh, okay. What if he slipped? One ra- one malfunction in your whole front. 
two teeth are gone. I, I think he just just pulled the one out, right? Well, you never know. Like, he could chip some more. <laughs> what if it's set on fire? Yeah. Man, I mean, if that happened, it would be a big <laughs> if it deal. It goes on fire. The whole office goes on fire. The person yeah. didn't even know the difference. She just, you know. When I was in kindergarten, you know how they'll ask you to like write down the first job you want or like what do you want to be? I wanted to be a dancing dentist. A dancing. Yeah, dentist. I don't. That's like five, just five year old mind is like a dancing dentist would make sense, and I think that. <laughs> so this guy, he probably he. I didn't live that dream, but he held on to it. And then you give <laughs> you give a man boy a hoverboard, and next thing you know, he's trying to extract teeth. We're riding it. So, uh, but if that's one, I feel like that's one of the the minimal things he's admitting to. What else yeah. is he doing? Oh, oh yeah. like yeah, well, women oh. while they're on laughing gas because yes. she didn't even know that she was getting like he was on the hoverboard, like rolling back and forth. Who knows what he? I'm not. No, I'm know, not making the, accusations, yeah. but you this never know a, what could happen. This is a horrific story. Like apparently. Um, a girlfriend a, and boyfriend, they were, um, they broke up, but th- he still went to her for dental surgery and she pulled out all of his teeth. Oh, I was going to say she pulled out all the stops. What'd she think was going to happen? Oh She my. pulled out all oh. of his teeth. Well, that was a, that was a good show. No, is Brandon available? Are you saying we should give him a call? Yes, we should give Brandon right, a call. Let's, I told let's him. try him one more time. I had called him. We spoke. So he, he was alive and well. Okay. Five, count of five, five, two, Oh, it's been a wild show. Hi, Brandon. No, he hasn't answered yet. Let's see. Yeah. No. Lovely sounds of ringing phones. Hi, Brandon. Hi, this is Dooner, Emily, and Chad with What the Truck. We are calling you on to say hi to you. Hey, guys. How are you? Well, doing good. Good to have you on. Yeah, we're talking about a big conference you guys have coming up in Nashville, the Air Cargo Conference 2020. Hopefully, it will be pretty good weather, looking like things will be mild compared to the rest of the country. What should people expect? And big question, are tickets still available? Mm. Well, I I guess the the first question out of the way, yes, tickets are still available. You can register at aircargoconference.com. And uh, there are plenty of hotel rooms in the area available. So uh, we are so jazzed because we are uh, exceeding our farthest expectations. Um, we've we've uh, never had this many people wow. registered. Yeah, so we're real jazzed about that. You know, this is the conference for the rest of us. Yeah. And I think that's what <laughs> it, it's uh, It's great networking. It's learning. You know all the stuff you you need to make your business more successful. Who are some and, of the Who are some of the people that are going to be there? Well, uh, let's say as an example, uh, uh, Air Canada starts off uh, uh, sponsoring our women's networking event on Sunday. They're going to be giving away two free round trip tickets. They're going to be uh, uh, awarding those mm. to uh, whoever wow. in the room. Uh, so you've got that. Oh, they give away tickets a lot of these things. Yeah. Jump in the raffle, Emily. Oh, yeah. hey, okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> bring, bring lots of business cards. Okay, I will. Put them in the fishbowl. Right. <laughs> and then on uh, on Sunday night, our opening gala starts with, uh, that's sponsored by Forward Air. And uh, so uh, you've got a lot of uh, uh, trucking people, airlines, freight forwarders, software vendors, uh, you name it. Everyone's there. We have a uh, an exhibit hall that's got, I think, close to 100 booths, and they've all been sold out for the better part of two months now. So that's uh, really cool. We have 20% more sponsors wow. than we've ever had. And we've been running this show for, I don't know, close to, what, 15, 20 years or so. Um, and plus, we have you guys coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's right. 
Yeah, we're going to be uh, streaming from the floor, right? We'll be there. Craig will be keynoting on Tuesday. I'm excited about Monday's keynote, too. Obviously, I hear Craig talk all the time, and I'm still... I learn something new every time, but it's not every day you get to hear somebody from NASA talk about oh, logistics. Yeah. That That's exciting. Yeah. The next yeah, frontier. We've got this guy. We got this guy on, on Monday morning. His name is Mark Weiss. He's the NASA commercial supply chain head and Mars Logistics Coordinator, whatever that means, <laughs> the Kennedy Space Center. We're going to find and out whatever that means. It. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to find out. And then uh, that's our Monday morning keynote speech. And then Tuesday, we've got this guy uh, called Craig Fuller coming. Ooh. I know him. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, and we're really excited not only to, to hear Craig about and his vision of freight in the future and, and how he sees the industry right now, but to learn more about freight waves. So... Uh, we're real excited about that. Brandon, how do we? Um, how do people go and get tickets for the the last few remaining ones out there? The stragglers who uh who can't <laughs> who can't avoid the uh, lo- the locale. www.aircargoconference.com. Real easy. Easy to remember. Mm. Any last easy words? <laughs> well, just lots of hotel rooms available. Come, we want to see you there. You're going to have a a great time. You're going to learn a lot, and you're going to have great food too. Yeah, Music well, City. Great. We can't wait. Prepare for takeoff. Yep. Thank, thanks, thank you very Brandon. much, Brandon. Thanks, we Brandon. appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, dialing in or us dialing out to you. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you in Nashville. Yeah, we'll see you there. See you. Yeah, yeah. So next Monday, this whole thing, What the Truck, will be live from Nashville. Woo! We're going to be live from Nashville. And hopefully, even though we'll be on the road, it'll be a little, the, the bolts will be a little tighter than <laughs> we were today. Hey, it's a holiday show. You know, a lot of people don't even air things today. No, a lot not of at all. Didn't come on. We, we decided to come in and, and bring it to you yeah. and, and do our best. Uh, after this show, there's still a whole bunch of stuff left on the live stream, right? Yes. And we the, Nick Austin is cool. He's on here sometimes. He's our meteorologist here. Ooh. He's doing a weather update in the morning and the afternoon. So around four o'clock, he'll have a, there's a lot of winter weather going on in the midwest right now so a lot of drivers will yeah. probably yeah. want to tune in for that so and chattanooga too it's like freezing here it's like 32 oh. degrees all it does is rain like in the winter winter it's in chattanooga is, it got down to raining. 15 overnight and then when it's not wind no, it's not raining melt. it's just cold yeah it's freezing it's okay though better than snow and nick's on at 4 30 30 my fault guys then 2 p.m so 2 p.m tomorrow you're gonna have great quarter guys yes. 2 p.m the next day wednesday you'll have freightonomics 3 15 thursday port you report. are gonna have port report the brand next new show Great forecasting with Michael Vincent on Thursday, so Ooh. that will be a good one. You'll want to tune in first time, yeah. 4 o'clock this Thursday. And then What the Truck will be right back at you Friday at 1 o'clock. Coming to you live. Thank you for tuning in today. Bearing with us and watching this wonderful show that Chad and I like to call What the Truck. Look how about for that new rack rate forecaster in Sonar. What the hell is that? Find out on your free demo. You're going to be able to use it until Valentine's Day. That's a little chocolate in your stocking. Right? That's, That's a good right. one. That's yes. a nice gift for Valentine's Day. It is a nice gift for Valentine's Day. Always coinciding with the holidays, right? Shout Look out to about. all the fleet managers yeah. who are going to be using it. We're going to be saving at least 3% somewhere around there. With 90% accuracy. Love you guys. Take it easy.